0: Today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast, I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Tracing,
1: and I'm Corbin Hill,
0: and welcome to the Thursday episode of the show, still not doing Mondays for the time being until football season wraps up, our Sundays are busy, Uh, anyways, uh, we are coming fresh off of um, championship weekend in the NFL, so of course we have to talk about the two matchups and uh, look forward to the Super Bowl um, coming up in just a uh, few short days. Corbin, you ready to get into some matchups?
1: Yeah, dude.
0: All right, well, let's start with the first match of the weekend, which was the NFC Championship game, the Philadelphia Eagles against the San Francisco 49ers and the Eagles just took it to the Niners. Um, for reasons we will talk about. Um, but ne- never a close game at any point. Um, Eagles scored the first touchdown and then led the entire game. So, uh, actually, I guess it was, was it briefly, it was briefly tied, I guess I should say, um, after the McCaffrey touchdown. Anywho, uh, Typically, at this point, we talk about quarterback performance as a, as an intro to how the game went. Uh, I'll give you Hertz's stats, and then we'll talk about what happened with the Niners, because that's kind of the story of the game. So, for, <laughs> on the Philly side of things, for, for Hertz's perspective, 15 for 25, 121 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, one sack. It's a quarterback rating of 72.2. Also, 11 rushing attempts for 39 yards and a touchdown. The... San Francisco side of things so Brock Purdy comes out and gets hurt on the first drive of the game this presents quite the issue because Brock Purdy is the third string quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance are both not even dressing yeah For all intents and purposes, honestly, consider them RIP. So that then requires a man who is not the singer, Josh Johnson, but apparently has the same name as him, uh, to come in and play instead. Um, Josh Johnson has apparently been in the league since 2009, and I don't know who he is.
1: He's the guy who replaced Josh McCown as the dude who plays for every team.
0: Uh first three seasons with Tampa, a season with Cleveland, a season with Cincy, a season with Washington, uh, and then a handful of years in the Alliance League and the XFL before being he was on the Jets. Apparently he played in three games with the Jets last fucking season. I have no idea who this man is. Baltimore last year as well, and then the Niners this year. Um so Josh Johnson comes in. Goes seven for 13, 74 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. (laughs) Takes two sacks. He gets hurt. Now, this is the point at which it becomes even more of a discussion than just the Brock Purdy injury would have been. Purdy is out for with an arm injury. Uh, We find out that Josh Johnson is, is ultimately removed from the game due to a concussion. So there's no chance he's coming back. We don't know that at the time, but that's what ends up happening. At this point during the game, what do you think should have happened?
1: Knowing Kyle Shanahan, and I may be biased here, wanting to see what he could do with a wildcat offense run through fucking Christian McCaffrey, Kyle Juszczyk, who was the emergency quarterback. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and um, George Kittle would be fascinating, and I would love to see that. Uh, unfortunately, he doesn't coach for Georgia Tech, so like this isn't something you would ever practice. So I don't know how it would have actually been executed. Um, but it, it that seems like the natural progression once you know you're out of players to play the position.
0: Well, and right. And my my thing with it is you were out of players to play the position. I say this for myriad reasons. Let's address them on at a time, because I think this this should be a pretty big issue. And we'll, I guess we'll start with the reason I think it should be a pretty big issue. The NFLPA should be all fucking over this. The NFLPA should be taking huge issue with the fact that a player with a torn UCL that was removed from a game because of injury was allowed to go back in. We have talked about this in regards to concussions for years, about how the player is always going to say, put me back in. We've talked about it with football. We've talked about it with hockey. It is always going to, the player is always going to say, I'm good put me back in unless they are incapable of standing under their own power. That is the reason that concussion protocols have become what they are in every sport because player teams would just push back on criticism by saying, well, the player said they could go back in, which is not a legitimate reason to do that. If for some reason, if, Brock Purdy gets tackled again and gets mauled out there with half an arm. That should be, I mean, they're putting him in harm's way for legitimately no reason. If you have a back, an emergency quarterback on your roster like you're supposed to, and all the quarterback is doing is handoffs, there's no reason for Brock Purdy to be out there. And one can only imagine the only reason he is is because he gets paid absolutely fucking nothing. And they don't need him to be healthy for next year. If that's Jimmy Garoppolo, if that's Trey Lance, I'm not convinced he goes back out. The And I either way, this should be an NFLPA issue. That's player safety hazarded all over it.
1: Yeah. I, I don't have that same innate feeling of when we talk about concussions and we talk about brain injuries, we talk about immediate life-changing injuries that could occur. Whereas because it's an elbow and I just don't naturally coincide. Oh, further injury to a UCL could absolutely change his career and his livelihood in turn. Of course, but I don't know what it is, but like the back of my mind, you know, or the first thoughts that come to mind is like, yeah, but it's not life-threatening. It's likely, you know, he's not using it, so it it wouldn't be hurt that way. Yeah, he could get hit. Well, Bryce Harper played in the series with a torn UCL, but then again, Bryce Harper wasn't getting hit by a 300-pound defensive lineman while batting in the World Series.
0: Bryce Harper's UCL and injury was also be. months before that his World Series appearance. Agreed. Brock Purdy's UCL tear happened Evans. moments before he went back on the field.
1: Yeah. So I think you're right, and I think you are on to something that should be a part of this discussion and not just the fact that San Francisco did play with that lack of players or lack of quarterback. Um what's going to have to happen to spark this issue? Just like everything that's had to spark concussions and long-term injuries in the NFL and everything involved with that, like what, what's it going to have to come to?
0: We will see, I suppose. Uh, So I guess let's move into the strategic reasons for doing this. I I understand. I I saw some people saying, well, Kyle Shanahan doesn't have a, wild an entire wildcat offense all drawn up and ready to go and all the players knowing all the signs and shit my thing with it also is though uh probably better than handing it off a bunch of times right like i i i i, I understand uh dealing out kyle use chick there or running the wildcat straight up the whole game is not the mm-hmm. ideal circumstance um you, everyone knew you're running the ball, and honestly, what could it hurt? It could not be worse than you already performed, and running out your own clock by running all these running plays, the clock management aspect of it, uh, not helping at all. Led to a very puzzlingly yeah. coached game by Shanahan here. Like, you're putting Brock Purdy out in harm's way just to do handoffs. If you put Juszczyk in there and he did his best in passing, we'd get it. Like, it'd be perfectly under- the, the The risk-reward is definitely far more in favor of that option.
1: I love Kyle Shanahan. It's known. I saw a fair amount of discussion on Twitter after the game (laughs) and this week about, you know, man, all these big time games when it comes down to business. Can Kyle Shanahan get it done? Happened in the Super Bowl. It's happened in the AFC championship game previous or NFC championship game previously. Uh, Happened with the Falcons when he was the offensive coordinator there. Famously is he on the hot seat? But when it comes down to it, he's the best game planner and play caller in the league. He's the best offensive mind, in my opinion. He's taken the 49ers to the NFC Championship game three of the last four seasons. Yeah, it wasn't the perfectly called game plan once everything about your team identity changes to a major extent. It wasn't perfect, but man, uh, what expectations do we have to have about, you know, throwing out 95% of your, you know, plays and what makes that offense tick? Like, yeah, they're a run heavy team and he's incredibly creative with his run plays, but you're not going to have an NFL team running the ball for 95% of plays, except for the single exception uh, with. New England and Buffalo, like two years ago. Uh it's really you know, tying one hand behind your back and cutting off four of your fingers. Like, yeah, you can make something happen, but it's not much.
0: I I will say that no matter what, the fact that the Niners lost is not on shanahan's back
1: i, I mean i, don't I think disagree you with any every, aspect of the 49ers
0: right and that's what i'm saying i disagree with fundamentally everything he did and it's still not his fault four quarterbacks got hurt <laughs> what are you supposed to do and that's the thing that's so down in the depth chart it's nobody's fault it's not the gm's fault I, yeah. blame god like it, it, it's <laughs> no one's fault my, my, my issues with it are the fact that like you are, a, you, you need to be a good enough coach to know that this is like having two catchers go down in a game sucks and it doesn't happen at all. But you know what, if it does, there's a guy on the team who knows like you're putting on the fucking gear, buddy. And mm-hmm. who's ready for that? Maybe not. You're going to get some past balls. You're probably going to get run on a ton because you don't have a good pop time but there's a guy whose job it is to do that four or five years ago. Maybe oh, time is passing very quickly. Maybe longer ago. The, um, Oh, the, the Blackhawks game, Scott, Scott, oh, game, the yeah. goalie game.
1: <laughs> I'm never going to be able to pull it, but yeah, the accountant who came in and, yeah, and
0: the fucking accountant yeah, had every, a shout out. Every stadium in the NHL has an emergency goalie. So if one of the teams starting goalies, and backup goalies goes down. There is a man, a local man, for the stadium, whose job it is is to put on a jersey and be in the the ring.
1: And I want to say the NFL used to have a rule like that, and then got rid of it. Which, at the end of the day, I, I can't be against. Like, you can't just have some fucking thirty one year old accountant sitting in an office all day, and then go play NFL quarterback. well you know Sunday night
0: my thing about it is is to say this there are whenever there is the emergency backup situation there is the person who is the emergency backup who is supposed to be ready to assume that role if you are Kyle use I would be furious that my team is about to lose a game getting three and outed on every single drive running out my own clock When I have two working arms and the will to win. It makes no sense.
1: Didn't he have a couple pass attempts? No. No? Was that the previous game? Could be. Who knows? Uh, No, Christian McCaffrey did this game.
0: He had a single passing attempt for uh, an intended 39 yards, though there was nobody fucking close.
1: Man, I'll be honest. They didn't have many offensive plays. Holy shit. Well,
0: no, that's the problem. Altogether, they had a combined 18 passing attempts and uh this is 21 25 rushing attempts. Wow. That's it. That's 43 plays? That's not, that's a, lot. not a lot. And Jinx. that's the thing. That means that you are you're you are desperate at that point for first
1: Holy down. Holy shit. What? Well, 30, 40, 44 rushing attempts for the Eagles with another 25 passing attempts. I don't have pass or time of possession in front of me, but it must be quite... Let's see. Can we get that? I have that it. Up? The time Eagles have... 37, had... 22. Holy shit.
0: Yeah. 15 minutes. They had the ball for 15 minutes longer quarter. Yes, longer than the Niners did.
1: Well. Well, it was not the game I was hoping for. It was not the game I was expecting, but at least the Eagles are one of the top two teams in the NFC and they're moving on to the Super Bowl. We didn't have you know
0: of the Niners' ten drives, five of them were four downs or fewer. Yikes. Yes. So they only got a first down on half of their drives. And mm-hmm. even when they did it, we're talking about three, one, five play drive and three, six play drives. They had a single drive of eight yards. They had two drives of two plays.
1: Yeah, the Eagles defense is not the defense I would want to be facing with a running back or quarterback or especially- a dead man at quarterback.
0: Especially with the elimination of possibilities, if you're telling me that you're never going to pass the ball because you put in a man who's physically incapable of doing so at the behest of his of his fucking health, um, guess what's going to happen? Stack boxes all day. Uh, I, I mean, why would anyone do anything the fuck differently?
1: Well, why, do, why would you, you even bad. have two like cornerbacks in the game? Just run eleven defensive linemen. <laughs>
0: I mean, seriously, and Brock Purdy, to to uh, his foolishness and his credit, had a uh, a complete pass in there. Um, yeah, George Kittle had uh, he had a, a, a pass to to George Kittle for one yard in the 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 final um, drive of the game. I think he might have had another pass in there. Uh, never mind, no, he didn't. Um, but it's like, yeah, yeah. So, uh, oh, sorry. No, he had one other one, uh, to Christian McCaffrey for three yards. Hmm. Yeah. So he, he, like, he, even like, like you said, you don't even need to have safeties. Don't even need to have them. Longest pass attempt, three yards. That's not getting past the linebackers.
1: I really would have loved to see Kyle Shanahan just say, fuck it. We know we're losing this game. Let's just get weird with it and just have fun.
0: Well, it's, it's, it's I don't even think it's fun. I think that's what you kind of have to do, which is what I'm driving at. Like, if you're, if you are down, Mike, my, my fucking guy, if you are down 28 to seven with five minutes left, or actually, they had a quarter at that point, they had a quarter left. Stop running the fucking ball. Yeah, no one wants Kyle Ushik throwing passes for you in the championship game. Everyone's dead. You do what you have to do.
1: Oh, uh, it's like that uh, scene in Game of Thrones where, like, the one northern house comes to um, give their loyalty, bend the knee, and it's like, yeah, your father died fighting in this war. Your brothers died in this war. Step forward, and it's just like a six-year-old girl. It's just like ah, everyone else is dead. Relax I mean, could
0: you, could you imagine if this is how teams operated, where we just you know, like imagine all of the uh, the the injuries that that the uh, Chiefs have had, and if they to the wide receiver position, and they just said, Yeah, fucking get out there, <laughs> hey uh, Clyde edwards alaire just just fucking go run. Because we we said so. McCall Hardiman, uh, yeah, you're injured, but like we don't care. Go run. Not only is it obviously detrimental to the health of the player, it's also obviously a bad thing for your team because you have someone gimping around on the field.
1: Hey, Rick Jennings took it to the house with a broken leg. Anyone could do it.
0: I I hate the fucking warrior stories, man. All all (laughs) it is is... is, uh, Lamar Jackson, that's what everyone needs to be. That is the model of what is supposed to be happening here. Lamar Jackson. You know what the Ravens don't need? An injured quarterback risking his entire financial future and health to probably still lose them a game because he's not healthy enough to play at 100%. So you can either lose with a, with a not fully healthy Lamar Jackson who is risking... A ton for himself, or you can lose with Tyler Huntley. You're losing either Pro way. Pro Bowler,
1: Pro Bowler Tyler Huntley,
0: which we have thoughts about, but we'll see if we get to it this episode. Um, yeah, I mean, it. it I I saw the this this um, discussion on Twitter, and I'm not usually a fan of this type of discourse because I think it's usually kind of kind of lazy and and disinteresting. But you can't help but wonder it this time around. Is this the easiest route to a Super Bowl a team has ever had for the Eagles?
1: Uh, I don't want to say that because I'm sure there have been some silly ones and I just don't know enough about past teams. But, but it's, it's up there. Like, it really is up there. Um, Do you have it in front of you, the actual list?
0: The, the Giants, who finished uh, one game over 500, uh, and... <laughs> A, a Niners team with four injured quarterbacks. That's yeah, it. Those are the only two tough. teams that they've had to play. Uh, yeah, that, that's been tough.
1: it. Pretty, pretty, pretty tough.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and this is part of what we've talked about with, with upsets. You know, like the, the Giants upset the Vikings. And we have said in the past, like, Upsets are really fun when they happen early on, but then they lead to worse matchups, which is what the matchup with the Eagles was. The Giants were fucking outmatched, mm-hmm. um, which is like, yeah, to be expected. Also, of I guess course. it's a game and a half because of that tie. The Giants were a game and a half away from being five hundred, but regardless, um, yeah, Danny Dimes was not going to be tearing up the uh, Eagles day. So, yeah, let's uh, uh, let's talk about the be. other matchup. Yeah. Just to keep moving, we've got a hard out soon. So, the other matchup, a lot, a lot closer, uh, with a, an, an equally contentious, uh, part of the game. Although this was the ending, as all championship games must have, uh, shitty endings. Uh, Bengals, Chiefs, Chiefs were hosting the Bengals, Chiefs won 23 to 20 in what was a tight game. Uh, the game was tied at A couple different points, uh, but the most, um, the biggest moment was was the when they the Samaje Pirine two yard rushing touchdown to tie the game at twenty to twenty with a thirteen minutes and thirty seconds left to go in the fourth quarter. Uh, We'll get to the conclusion of the game in a moment. The quarterback lines. Joe Burrow, 26 for 41, 270 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, five sacks for 32 yards. It's a quarterback rating of 70.2 um, and an insignificant amount of rushing yards. Patrick Mahomes, 29 for 43, 326 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, three sacks for 11 yards, a 105.4 passer rating. Also no rushing yards that matter. Uh, Corwin, (sighs) tell me
1: about this game. Uh, it was a sad day in the Heller household. Um, Quinn was heartbroken. What a way to end the game. Just the refs doing a whole lot. The Bengals absolutely shooting themselves in the foot 10 times over. Um, I, I refuse to put the blame on Joseph Asai. He had a great game. He made a game. Unbelievably terrible choice at the end of the very emotional game, which happens fairly often more than anyone would, you know, want to realize. <sighs> there were so many mistakes. Joe Burrow did not play a good game until you know the he he really up together a zero at the end, offensive to an line. Ro- awesome
0: yeah. offense, off fucking goddamn zero yards I will keep about and say runs in the first quarter the first they had, quarter
1: they had two offensive linemen that combined for 16 pressures and like six sacks it was fucking abysmal joe burrow the the look he carried throughout the game looked like someone returning from world war 1 he looked absolutely shook especially as the guy who is known as Mr. Composer. It was it was a very different game from the start for him and that offense.
0: Yeah, definitely uh, turned into a pumpkin, I guess. Which isn't really fair. Joe is very good. Everyone's allowed to have a rough game. The interceptions were also tough.
1: Yeah, they weren't great. They weren't awful, but definitely...
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing with a with a tip INT. Yeah, you're you're the it's it's like 50 Like sometimes it's it's bad ball placement that led to a receiver being incapable of getting the ball. Sometimes you did everything right and the receiver just kind of fucked it up. But it's right. Like,
1: and I think it was the first one where like the defender was just like an unbelievably perfect position on yeah. both counts of the tip and reception. Just uh, he could not have been any more perfectly placed.
0: Yeah. And the difference between you know uh this kind of performance where it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, you might have been able to win the game if not for those, if if a few other things went your way, and being able to put the team on your back, uh in a more like Brady or Rogers esque way would be then chucking the ball for three hundred and fifty fucking yards and just, you know, muscling the rest of this game. Brett Favre's entire career, essentially, which is yes. not what happened here. That's that's the other difference. I, I'm also reluctant. Much has been made about this ending, and I really can't figure out why. I agree like, with you. Yeah, I, I get it. It sucks to have it end that way. It's brought in a lot of discussion about roughing the passer calls or unnecessary reference roughing calls as we approach the NFL sideline. Is rigged. Uh, the NFL's rig shit. I and I do think there is some interesting conversation around the the hardness of the out of bounds. Um because some of some people brought up like you know guys aren't looking down. Maybe you just don't have the uh, the eyesight for it. And uh, I think it's maybe a little bit too gentle of a of a uh, justification for the out-of-bounds call because most players don't have a problem with it but in the era of player safety maybe there is something to be said about reducing the amount of tackles that go into players knees that are standing on the sidelines right. by trying to circumvent that if if possible however joe,
1: joe paterno had his legs snapped in half uh against wisconsin because a guy ran into him on the sideline like it you need to know, like that should just be like one of those. Yeah, I guess there's circumstances where it's difficult and not exactly you know the first thing you see or, or comprehend, but doesn't matter. Like you just have to be able to. Yeah,
0: it, it's it's the it's the difference between the the out of bounds lines in basketball and the outfield wall in baseball. Right. Right. Outfield wall, no one's fucking looking at it. When you're trying to track a fly ball, what do we do? Warning track. Uh, Basketball, doesn't matter. Know it. It's your job to know it. Football is currently on the know it line, and I think there's reasonable discussion happening around maybe there is an in-between for us. And I've seen the interesting conversation, again, not that I'm using it to justify anything, but interesting conversation around, you know, we tend to be gentler with quarterbacks when they're chasing down the line and quarterbacks recently have been taking more advantage of that to squeeze a few extra yards. So that leads to defensive backs chasing them down a little bit harder at the line to keep them from, you know, toe tapping their way an extra two or three yards down the sideline. I get it.
1: As Jermaine Pratt so succinctly put it after the game, why you got to hit the fucking quarterback? Why?
0: And and that's the thing, man. Um this is not the missed defensive or uh, or pass interference call on the uh uh on this in the Saints Vikings game. It it's not. It's a three-point game where either team could have won it. Yep. This play is not the end all be all. If this game was 56 to 50 fucking 2 and these teams are flying down the field all which way or other, of the other direction. If it's three to six and they're scrapping for every yard. Yeah, it matters. Both teams blew a lot of opportunities. The Bengals did not lose this game because of Joseph Asai pushing a guy. If anything, the more impactful thing is either one of Joe Burrow's two interceptions You take either one of those things back, probably a good chance the Bengals do get three points at least somewhere along the line, and the clock looks different at the end of the game.
1: I will say, I think as much heat and attention as this game has gotten negatively, how fucking lucky are we that we are getting one Patrick Mahomes to exist in our lifetime, but the fact that these two teams have faced off four times and each one has been decided by a game-winning field goal, like, arguably, the two best quarterbacks in the NFL, both today and for the next 10 years, are utterly just heavyweight battling it out every single time they play. Like, regardless of your fan, uh, fandom, this is exceptional content, exceptional stuff.
0: It is thrilling. Um, and I look forward to the quarterback matchup we have heading into the Super Bowl, which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, were you aware of the burrow uh, so, phenomenon, by the way?
1: Hold on. Before we go into that and before Quinn gets home, I have to tell you, I am very relieved that the Bengals will not win back-to-back Super Bowls in her first two years as being a fan. I experienced that with the Penguins. It does not set you up for future success mentally. I've so, got
0: bad news for you, buddy. They didn't win the Super Bowl last year.
1: Oh, sorry. I meant going to the Super Bowl last year, two years yeah. in a row. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah no you don't you don't need that. There's a lot of disappointed Jets fans from 09 and, and 2010. The championship game is easy to get to. We just need to win one more. Yeah yeah, it's it's been 13 years. Yeah. Um anyway. I, uh,
1: I was reminded of some arguments against Ben Roethlisberger because he uh only won two Super Bowls uh in his career and that's not quite Hall of Fame worthy. Uh he was in a third and lost to Aaron Rodgers, arguably you know Mount Rushmore quarterback ever, uh, and he only has that one. So it's really fucking hard to go, let alone win one of those.
0: As evidenced by, uh, again, we've talked about this before. Green Bay's entire last thirty years of having two back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks for like fifteen seasons apiece, and only winning two Super Bowls. Yeah. 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterback, like real Hall of Fame, not outside Hall of Fame, like Hall of Fame quarterback play. They have won two Super Bowls. Not good. Um, anyway, anyway, um, oh, fucking, I forgot what I was about to say. Shit. Shit. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's funny. Uh, uh, one of the big differences here in the game, obviously the, the defense of the chiefs was huge. It is, it is most notable though in the uh, yards after the catch that was able to be racked up by the chiefs receivers. That was not there for the, the, the Bengals receivers. That's really the big difference between these two sides, passing stats with relatively similar pass attempts. The intended air yards, the sum of all the yards traveled in the air by the ball for Patrick Mahomes, 285 yards. He finished with 326. He only intended 285, not completed 285, only fucking intended 285 of them. Um, Only uh, completed 155 of them. So of his 326 yards, 170 of them came from his receivers doing the work on the ground afterwards. Joe Burrow intended 300 yards only got 270 as 30 less than the intended. And of the intended yards only completed 150 of them. So Patrick Mahomes got 170 extra yards from his receivers on the ground. Joe Burrow got 120 yards from his receivers on the ground and had, you know, granted the incompletions make up a, a small chunk of this had actually shot farther down field on average than Mahomes did uh and just d- came up dry on it um and it, it really and you know that it, between these two guys in addition obviously to the the interceptions that's the, that's the other huge bit but ignoring the interceptions that's the real big difference these these chiefs uh corners and linebackers and safeties got to their players even when they were completions there's there was not the availability of yards so much uh, afterwards. Mm-hmm.
1: And I feel like that's been uh, I say that I feel I saw some tweet with actual stats. Um, after the game, showing the breakdown of yards after catch for guys like Jamar Chase and T Higgins. And I don't think that Tyler board, they might have had like Joe Mixon up there, but it's been a, a downtrend over the past two seasons and out of the course of the season. Um, I don't know NFL offenses enough to do anything about that or offer any sort of advice, but it is a trend worth watching.
0: Yeah. I mean, of the top four receivers um, for yards after the catch, three of them are chiefs players. It's Isaiah Pacheco with 77 yards after the catch. Marquez Valdez Scandling, with thirty nine, Jamar Chase with thirty two. There, there's, your, there's your your Bengal, uh, and then Travis Kelsey with twenty five, and then the fifth player would be Joe Mixon of the Bengals at twenty two. Um, and I mean that that's the big fucking difference, Yeah. You know, Kansas City's got those guys doing that shit that uh Bengals just did, just didn't have. Uh, other other key factors in the game time of possession was pretty tight Chiefs had the ball for about five and a half minutes longer than the um the Bengals did it's, it's not a not a huge deal the Chiefs also fumbled the ball twice and lost it once uh so they had one turnover to the Chiefs the Bengals two turnovers uh and then the other really big killer um as evidenced by the final play nine penalties for 71 yards for the Bengals Four oh penalties God. for fifty-five yards for the Chiefs.
1: I will say seventy-one yards of penalties is not a lot, but nine individual occurrences is insane. Like that's game changing stuff just because of how many plays it how many positive plays it takes off. Because not only nine you the positive yards, plays, you get,
0: you get a new you get a new attempt at, mm-hmm. at whatever down it was. Oh, that was the other big controversy from the game before we look at the Super Bowl matchup, which we need to do real real quick. Um the 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 mysterious replayed third down that the Chiefs got. Do you recall?
1: Sorry, I missed that. Greg texted me. Golf shit. Please repeat. <laughs> yeah.
0: The mysterious replayed third down that the Chiefs got. Oh my god.
1: I get the explanation. I really do. I don't. But So please explain to me. Like, if a play needs to be called dead, and it is called dead, and, like, he called it in from the defensive backfield, if those players hear his whistle or see him calling it, and they stop giving 100% on the play, or they, you know, give up, You know, let the guy run past him, whatever it is, because they see the play is called dead. But the play continues. And let's say it does work out and there is a very successful offensive play that you still have to call that back. I'm upset at the way it turned out because it was very clear no one on that field saw that ref running on, but he was. At the hashes. Like he was a significant portion into it. Like guys on offense could have seen him. I just it's one of those things where it is a bad example and a very bad um execution, but of understandably necessary uh type of call.
0: Well, that that's what's got me kind of perplexed by the whole thing. Is it necessary? Because the game clock. There was a, the play clock had to be reset ten seconds. You're telling me that the, that the play clock mattered in a play that got off before the play clock expired. That's, that's what I couldn't quite shake out. Yeah, because it's like it, if if it prevented the Chiefs from you know losing five yards on a delay of game penalty, that makes sense because they were adding ten seconds to the play clock
1: theoretically yeah. forcing a ball to get snapped before everyone is ready because you think you have to rush sure but i don't think he should have whistled it dead or blown it dead before you know if if there's still time to snap the ball naturally let it get snapped
0: well, and, and that's the, the thing that makes this such a weird occurrence. And again, Corwin and I are not delving into the, the staging of any of this. It's just, it's just a, an annoying thing with NFL rule-keeping where if there's a defensive holding, they let the offense finish that play.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Aaron Rodgers has made a career on free plays. Like, we have the infrastructure to be set up to say, if what... Flag or uh, uh, adjustment we need to make as refs matters in a, in a fashion that necessitates the play to stop. We stop the play. But if it doesn't, we let the play keep going and rectify the situation afterwards. And that's what I can't figure out. The, the situation did not need post-fact rectification because it the, the adjustment didn't matter. That's what it, it's the inconsistency within the rule keeping, and the fact that this is a very weird time for the rules to come out and shine. Um, yeah, in such a weird, highlighted fashion. Again, not trying to say anyone's in. got the Chiefs in the bag on this. It's it's annoying that it feels like every playoff in every sport, a, a ref of some kind feels the need to bust out a rule no one fucking cares about. Agreed. All right. You actually, you want to talk Super Bowl matchup, or do you want to save it for next week, uh, as, to give us to to uh, some Super Bowl discourse? Uh, the,
1: I the, think, I think I think we should have a a pre Super Bowl show where we have some time to actually you know pick things apart rather than just give a that'll
0: a, be next a, Wednesday.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. All right, so we'll save it for then. Then. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you guys you all continue. know the teams that are in it. It's it's the the Chiefs against the Eagles, but uh, yeah, we'll talk more <gasps> about that matchup. I can't tell if that was a joke or if you saw. Yes, something. it was attempt uh, to be okay. a joke. Okay, you weren't quite making eye contact with the screen, so I was sure if you were reading no, something no, no, no. on the yeah, like no. on your your laptop, like news had broken or something. All right, anyway,
1: that's fair. There's, uh, there's other stuff but, going on.
0: We'll get to it. The Pro Bowl is this Sunday, so you know. Uh, court. do you want to record we'll figure that out later um yeah it's it's on the sunday i think i'm actually going to watch it for the first time in probably seven years um
1: if i remember to watch it i will sit down and watch it but i, I can't have no other promise sunday plans. i will remember
0: i have no other and sunday plans, and that, that, that's why i'm thinking I'm, I'm i'm going to end up watching it but we'll see um so maybe there'll be a monday episode of the show <laughs> we'll see um, but there will definitely be one on Thursday as we recap the, the Pro Bowl we'll talk about maybe some baseball stuff at this time and get into the, the uh, Super Bowl matchup uh, Corwin anything else before we get out of here
1: um, coaches have been fired coaches have been hired but Matt Canada stays the course
0: Ronald Mexico still there we have to secure these borders
1: uh,
0: all right well, we'll get into that more, too, when we have the, the time. But uh, in the meantime, if you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at pod. If you'd like to follow cord on Twitter, you can do so at Corin Heller. If you'd like to follow myself on Twitter, you can do so at Joshua D Tracy. If you'd like to send emails to the show, you can do so at juice the numbers at gmail.com. And until next time,
1: y'all have a great day. Bye.